Welcome to the Relationship Chronicles. I'm your host, Nina Westbrook. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder of the digital wellness community, B'nai by Nina. Join me as we dive headfirst into the secrets of genuine human connection through candid conversations with a lineup of friends, leading experts, and a few of your favorite celebs. No topic is off limits as we explore love, friendship, parenting, and everything in between. We're here to share the raw, unfiltered truth about the trials and triumphs of real life relationships while serving up some tips and lessons that are sure to transform your own connections along the way. Welcome, I'm your host, and I am so excited to have Leah Vandale with me, WWE superstar, which is crazy <laughs> to even say. Thanks for coming and being with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. This is fun. Okay, good. Um, just for those of you who cannot see Leah, she looks amazing and She's doing the whole glowing thing. I had to put makeup on to try to compete with the <laughs> oh, glowy, <please>. pregnant, beautiful <laughs> person. You're too kind. <laughs> um, okay. So I would like to start with a little game. We call this or that. Okay. And I'm just going to, it's just a few questions, a fun little um, icebreaker. And you get to pick what your preference is. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so... Super kick or code of silence? Ooh. Code of silence. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, why? You have to explain to me because I'm not like, I don't know a ton about yeah, I don't expect you to at all. <laughs> um, so basically, <laughs> super kick is just a very easy move. I kick my foot right into my opponent's face, but everyone does a super kick. The code oh, of silence. Okay. <laughs> I know that sounds so crazy. I'm saying it so casually. Um, and then the code of silence is my finishing move. It's actually a submission move and it's unique to me. I'm the only one that does it. And I like squeeze my legs around my opponent's neck until they tap out. <laughs> what a world. What a world. I really listen, I really, really like that for you. I really do. I feel bad for whomever. I feel bad for your husband. Anybody won't I would be on my best behavior at all times oh, yes. if I was in <laughs> Okay, so when it comes to pregnancy cravings, sweet or savory? Savory, for sure. Okay, cheese and yeah, chips. You all know, of that. all of Chip. the carbs, <laughs> French fries, <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> okay, so this is my favorite question, um, and it's it's a big one. So just I I can't wait to get into it. Real Housewives or Vanderpump Rules? Oh, my gosh. Okay. You can't do this to me. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. I'm such an OG. I love both. I've watched – I mean, I watched the very first episode of Real Housewives of Orange County when it first came out, and I watched the very first episode of VPR. <laughs> oh. You know what? I think because of everything going on this season, I'm going to say Vanderpump Rules. Okay, Scandal has taken Vanderpump Rules to a whole new level. I mean, it's taking over the world. <laughs> My husband is invested. He barely watches it with me, but he is invested. Listen, <laughs> same. My husband hates watching the shows with me, and he will not let me watch Vanderpump without him. His favorite is, um, oh, he might get in trouble for this, uh, Tom Schwartz. Oh, 
Yeah, I have a soft spot for shorts. My husband loves shorts I too. I think he's because he's just like a dude and dudes relate to I him. Know. <laughs> and he's so not assuming. He's so he'll say all these funny little digs and it doesn't sound as mean coming from him, right. but it's really mean. Really. Yeah, if someone else said him, forget it, but it's because <laughs> it's Tom Shorts, he gets away with it. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> See, I told you it was going to yeah, be a really good question. Yeah, that was hard. That was hard. Before this season, <laughs> okay, I would have said so, Real Housewives, but Scandal took it to a I whole know. new level. I know. There's so many really good Real Housewives series right now. Um. Okay. So let's kind of get into some of the fun questions so we can kind of get to know you a little bit better. You have so many amazing things coming up in your future. Um. You've seen a lot of success in your career. What has it been like growing up in the industry? And how do you how did you prepare um, for your own career in entertainment and wrestling industry? I mean, since I was a kid, I just love performing. I love entertaining. I was always putting on shows for my family and things like that. I was a dancer, so I started dancing at three and continued all the way through high school. I then moved on to the NFL and the NBA. So I just, I love performing. I love being in front of a crowd. I never knew where I would end up long term, but I knew it would be in the entertainment industry. Um, it ended up being in the WWE. That's where I've been for the last 10 years. And it's just kind of ironic, actually, because my dad was a wrestler in the early 90s. So I grew up mm -hmm. watching it with him. But I never in a million years thought it was something that I would do. I'm a small girl. I never thought – like I was a dancer. I never thought I'd be going out there and like kicking someone's butt and, you know – joking people yeah. out with your legs. <laughs> I never, ever thought I would do that. But, you know, I love a challenge and especially I love to be um, – you know, I love for people to underestimate me. And I, I never right. thought it was something that I could do. But then when I put my mind to it, I had the tryout and I made it. And in two and a half years of training in our developmental system, I made it up onto the road. I was traveling full time with them. And, you know, a year after that, I became champion. I've been making history. And, you know, it's just kind of crazy what happens when you put your mind to something. And, the haters and the doubters, they just kind of fuel my fire. So, it's Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir here. I love that about you and the fact that you're, you want to accept like, like a challenge. Um, I feel like we've been getting away from that so much. Uh, I think when things get tough, we want to run so many times. A lot of us, we want to run. And you're like, no, I'm going to be this itty-bitty amazing fierce kick-ass wrestler and that's pretty cool yeah it's been a lot of fun it's been a crazy journey like I said it's not at all what I had anticipated for my life but I wouldn't have it any other way I, you know not only do I get to perform in front of thousands of people live all the time but on tv and get to be uh, this positive role model and have a voice and have a platform mm -hmm. and use that for for a good cause as well so I feel very grateful for how everything sort of ended up yeah, that's so beautiful. I feel like I want to touch on the whole hater thing and then also um, the platform thing. So you obviously have a huge following on social media. Um, and I feel like the, you like wrestling fans are pretty diehard. They're very um, engaged, right? So for you, how like social media can be so daunting for me. I'm like, ooh, pictures, social media people. I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert and obviously you're out there in front of 
so many people on television and doing your thing all the time. How do you stay grounded or how are you, how have you been able to navigate social media and maintain like a positive mental wellness for yourself? So I'm not going to lie. It was definitely difficult at the height of my career when I was champion. I mean, I was constantly because I didn't come from wrestling. So I didn't have a background in wrestling. I very heavily was relying on my character. I have a huge over-the-top character. She's the moonwalking, trash-talking princess of Staten Island. So she just Uh talks trash (laughs) and... You know, I mean, I am athletic and I can go in the ring as well, but I mean, I'm known for my character. So I used to get, you know, torn apart as far as my wrestling ability would go and I would take it to heart. But then it's like I look back now and I'm thinking I was champion for a reason. You know, I I was mm-hmm. the leader of that locker room. I was a leader of the women's division for a time. And I would just wish that I had the wherewithal and the mindset I do now, looking back, I wish I had that then to just be like, screw the haters. Who cares? I'm in this position for a reason and stop worrying about what everyone thinks and just be in it and embrace it and do the most. But instead, I was so worried about, okay, well, I have to do this better. I have to do that better. They don't like that I do this. So I got to make sure I don't do that. And I just, um, you know, I was a lot younger then too. So I just grown a lot and evolved. But I mean, at this point now, I just laugh. If people have, would have something to say about me, it's just like, okay, whatever. I'm the same as you. I'm an introvert. I, I'm i actually very <laughs> shy in my everyday life. I just kind of keep to myself. I'm a homebody. But when I get to be Carmela, I can turn it on. So it's kind of this great dynamic where I can channel this character and this energy and put that out there when I'm performing. So now it's like when people attack my character, my Carmela character, it's like, okay, well, that's not even who I am in my everyday life. So that'd be like you attacking right. like Superman. It's like, that's not who they really are. And they're like watching a movie, like the <laughs> actor who's playing the, the role, that's not who they are. And so right. now I just kind of laugh at that. And, you know, our fans are so amazing and I'm so grateful for like the fan base that we do have. But, um, you know, now I just kind of laugh. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we, I've been through a lot of this and I've been having, I've had a close up and personal look. Um, cause my husband plays, you know, in the NBA and he's, he, there, there are no characters in the NBA, but I do think there are villains in every sport. I don't really know. We just love to hate, I guess, as a people, <laughs> but, um, it's fun. I mean, and so in, when in sports, I feel like when you're trying to build and claw and climb your way to the top, everyone loves you. They like love a success story. And then once you get there, they're oh, like, I forget okay, it. It's your turn. We're over, over her. Let's yep. like, now we're going to like drag you back down here with us and let the next person go do their thing. You're like, no, I'm just going to stay up here on yeah. top. I love that. Isn't it story. funny <laughs> that that's how it works? Is it's so true. It's the same exact way in the WWE. People who are deprived and haven't had an opportunity, the fans get so behind, like, come on, let's rally behind her and make sure we get her to the top. And then they get to the top and it's like, oh, I'm over her. She's over pushed. We don't like her. And it's like, <laughs> you guys were just rallying for her last week and now you hate her. It's just... The fans can be so fickle. So that's why you can't, you know, we can't try to appease everyone. You have to do what's best for you. I love that. I always talk about um, managing expectations and your expectations have to come from you, right? Um, You have to kind of make your own plans and set your own goals and figure out what that success and looks like as you kind of claw and climb your way through life and I feel like we do such a it's such a learning process and the growth that happens like you said starting out 
when we were young. I feel like I don't I'm probably older than you. I don't know how old you are, but I'm probably older than you. When I was starting coming up, like we didn't have social media. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um and like everything that kind of came along with it, we were learning and like a lot of us were as even as collegiate athletes were making a lot of mistakes with social media. Like once it's out there, you can't take it back. And um, a lot of the people I kind of grew up with learn the hard way when it comes to that. Sure. <laughs> but um, learning how to navigate social media now and figure out how to like maintain a positive, healthy image and, um, you know, confidence and everything like that has, is, is such a journey. And unfortunately, I feel like so many of us, just like you, um, we have to kind of just grow through it. It's easy to be told, oh, don't worry about that. Um, or, or, you know, this is not, it's just social media. They don't know you really. It, I feel like you're going to have to go through it to truly understand and like build that confidence and that self-love and like get to that place of understanding of who you are outside of social media or your character, right? Absolutely. I think it's important. But like you said, you have to go through it yourself. Everyone can tell you, oh, who cares? Don't read the comments. Don't do that. And that's like where it's all at, the comments. You can put whatever it is out there. But once you start reading what people say about you, you can't unlearn that or unknow that. So I think it's until you can figure it out on your own and kind of get through that, it's just not going to happen. You can, like I said, till you're blue in the face, I could tell my friend or my coworker, hey, oh, who cares what that se- that person says? But they have to be mm-hmm. at a place in their life where they're able to just like disconnect the two and just be okay with themselves on their own. Absolutely. This is so true. Um, okay. So enough about social media and the haters. <laughs> we had enough of our, our, our attention. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about, I want to talk about the WWE. It's a predominantly male space and extreme with an extremely high level of competition. Um, how do you not let the competition of it all get the best of you? And, uh, yeah. How do you how do you kind of navigate that? Yeah. I mean, when I first started, um, the women's – it's called the women's evolution. It just kind of came about around 2016, 2017, and I got signed in 2013. So I kind of saw it before the women's evolution happened, and then I actually got to be part of it. So um, to know that my name will forever go down in history – as the first woman woman who won a ladder match, a Money in the Bank ladder match. And it was just so crazy because back then the women didn't do things like that. Only the men did. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was really cool to be a part of it and see the shift and the transition and to see my coworkers make history and then for myself to be part of this history-making process. And to see where it's at now, it's just kind of another day for the women. You know, before it would be, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, the women are the main event tonight. And that was such a big deal because it was unprecedented. It, it was unheard of that the women were in the main event. And nowadays, the women mm-hmm. are the main event all the time. They don't even have to make it a big deal anymore. And so it's really been so um, amazing to be a part of this process and kind of see how it's grown over the years. And I mean, nowadays, you look in the audience and you see little girls dressed up like us and with signs 
aspiring to be one of us someday. And I think that that's just really cool to be a part of. And I'm grateful that I, I get to make a difference. And you know, I meet these fans sometimes and they're like crying when they see me. Oh, you helped me through such a tough time. And because of you, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And you've given me the confidence to do that. And that's just a feeling that uh, it's just so... I, I don't even know how to describe it. And I'm very, very grateful to have that. That's that's really beautiful. I feel like you got to be a part of, you're, you're a trailblazer. You got to be a part of something huge. Um, we I know we don't know the, the gender of your baby yet, but if it's a girl, how cool would it be? I don't know how you would love it. If she goes into wrestling <laughs> and like my mom, she helped pave the way for me in this way and the connection. It'll be a really cool story one day. Yeah, I mean, I have two we'll stepdaughters. See. So I am constantly that, trying yeah. to instill in them, like, whatever it is that they want to do, you go for it. It doesn't matter if it's mostly male-dominated industry or, you know, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it as long as you put your mind to it. And it sounds so, like, cliche, but it's so true. And yeah. I feel like I'm living proof of that. And I just want to be a positive role model for them in whatever aspect of life they choose. It is. And you are. You're a positive role model to so many. And you're absolutely right. It is not cliche. Um, <laughs> my husband and I run a foundation called the Why Not Foundation. And it's like based on this preface of why not you. If there's anything that you want to do or any place you want to go in life, um, why can't it be you? So I, I feel like our, our ideologies align there. I love that. Um, okay, so you're married yes. to <laughs> Matthew. Yeah. And he's one of like the WWE's most recognizable, colorful commentators, right? Yes. What's it like be with your part working with your partner and trying to balance and juggle like your personal life? Oh, that's such a good question. So we both play bad guys on TV, so it's great. You know, we both Ooh, really get like yes, everyone hates us. They really <laughs> hate us. And they hate when I'm on screen because he is like my biggest hype man ever. So people are like, oh my God, can someone just get him to shut up so I can watch the match? He's always talking about how amazing I am and over the top. It's just so much fun and so ridiculous. Um, but it's nice. I mean, it's so great. It's comforting when I'm out there and I can just look over and I see him I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my husband just sitting there, you know, and it's great knowing that he's always there and he, he understands everything and I understand everything. So in this industry, it's so tough and you have a bad day or a rough week and we're on the road 52 weeks a year. So we have no, no time off ever. Um, so to have someone mm -hmm. who understands the grind, who understands the ins and outs of the business. So we are able to, you know, be there for each other and we understand it. We, like I try to explain it to my mom or my dad or my sister and they understand less certain aspects of it, but they don't get it fully, you know. Mm -hmm. And so to have a partner who just completely understands everything that we're going through, it's great. Although sometimes it's hard because it's like, okay, enough talking about work. Let's talk about real life stuff that matters and like put work aside and not, you know, stress or worry about that. So it's kind of like this double-edged sword. <laughs> I can, I can totally relate to that. I'm not, you know, a WWE superstar or anything like that, but I did play collegiate basketball. Okay. And so my husband plays basketball. So we talk like after the games, it's kind of like a whole rundown as, as to what he could do better next time, you know, who did what, and it's like a whole thing. And then sometimes he's like, okay, I'm done talking <laughs> about basketball. I'm like, okay, 
we're moving right. on. Um, but like trying to get in on other circumstances when it comes to parenting, even I'm like, we talk about our kids and their schedules. So they're so busy. They're more busy than we are and trying to keep track of what they have going on and what we have going on. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, I don't want to talk about any kids right. and I don't want to talk about you. I don't want, if you don't want to talk about me or something that we're going to do together, then I don't want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but be quiet. So um, I can, but I didn't think about it in that way. You guys are get to experience this once in a lifetime, one of a kind being together and, and, truly understand the ins and outs and have like a really good partner to go through that with. So I'm sure that makes it a little bit easier and sweeter Absolutely. for you. Okay. So you talked about being a cheerleader. Yes. You were a Laker girl. You were a Patriots cheerleader. Yes. And now WWE superstar. For the years, I can imagine there's been a lot of pressure um, in many different ways to maintain your fitness and physical appearance. How has that affected how you view your body? And can you share some of the lessons that you've learned? And how did that affect your how you viewed your body? And can you share some of the lessons that you've learned that have changed the way you think about your body? Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of pressure. I mean, when I was a cheerleader in the NFL, it was started in 2008. So it was a much different climate back then, things were a lot, uh, looked at a lot differently. I mean, we used to get weighed in every single week. And I, and while I've always felt like I've been in pretty good shape, you know, a lot of my teammates would stress about it so much. And, you know, they would be like starving themselves before these weigh-ins. And it was just, uh, it was hard to watch and just definitely difficult to be a part of. And, um, you know, over the years, I just feel like I personally put a lot of pressure on myself in such a physical aspect of things rather than how I was feeling. Um, and I definitely, I'm sure, was dieting in ways that were not the most healthy and kind of going about things in a way that was not very healthy. And now I feel like it's just such a different ballgame. Like we're talking about with the social media. I'm 35. I'm looking at things a lot differently now. I'm worried more about how I feel than how I look. And I feel like once you finally have that balance of eating intuitively, if not um, holding back on certain things, if you want to indulge in something, I'm going to eat it. If I want a piece of pizza, I'm going to eat it. Whereas before I'd be like, oh my gosh, I absolutely cannot have a piece of pizza because I have to bring a two piece tomorrow and I can't do this and I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now I'm just like, whatever. If, and I feel like I'm in the best shape of my – I mean, I'm pregnant right now, but I feel like I, <laughs> before I was pregnant, I was in the best shape of my life because I was just doing what felt right and eating clean and eating what I wanted and not depriving myself. I feel like mentally it's just been such a different ballgame in, in my 30s than it was back, back then. <laughs> and I just want to say for those of you listening – it is not easy to eat healthy. Like there's no meal prepping when you're on the road. How many weeks a, a year? Yeah, 52 weeks, every single week. <laughs> 52 weeks a year. The level of commitment and the level of dedication that it takes to eating well when you're never home is very challenging. Yeah, that's a um, good point because I do feel like 
on the road, it's hard. I mean, especially we get out of our shows at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Where am I going to find food other than McDonald's or a gas station? And you eventually just learn how to adapt and make it work. Uh, but it does take a lot of discipline. It does. It takes a lot of discipline and a lot of effort. So the fact that you've been able to do that for so long is, is you know, is amazing in it's a journey you know? it's been a journey <laughs> yeah it's rough like I if I want to get on a healthy regimen where I just eat, I don't eat pizza and burgers all the time <laughs> it's hard for me I'm right. like I don't have to go to one of my husband's games and I get home at 11 and I'm hungry right. I'm like oh do I stop at in and out on the way home or yes um but doing that 52 day 52 weeks out of year is really tough um so let's talk a little bit about you've been very open about experiencing several miscarriages what have those experiences taught you and were there any aha moments or lessons that you took away from those difficult times um so when I had my first miscarriage, I kind of just kept it to myself. I mean, my close family knew, but I didn't really tell anyone. I just thought, okay, well, I have to deal with this. I have to figure it out and just kind of try to move on. And then shortly thereafter, I experienced my second miscarriage and was also an ectopic pregnancy, which for those who don't know what that is, it's when the embryo implants into your fallopian tube rather than your uterus. And the fallopian tube is not big enough for the egg to sit in there. So eventually it can just explode. And a lot of women actually pass away from this, which is just such a crazy thing. Um, mm -hmm. So when I experienced that, I felt like I can't believe I just went through this twice. I can't believe I lost two babies in such a short period of time. And I didn't know anyone that had had a miscarriage. I feel like people don't talk about it. It's just kind of right. something that people deal with in private and move on. And I just felt like after the second one, I was so lonely. I was like, how is this happening to me again? And if there was any possible way I could put a spin on this, then maybe I can just share my story. And surely there are other women out there and couples out there who are feeling this. I cannot be the only one that's feeling like this. So once right. I decided to go public with it, I mean, the women just came out of the woodwork with even my own friends that said, oh, I went through that, but I just was too scared to tell anyone. And I'm like, are you uh -huh. kidding me? Why would you go through that alone and not tell anyone? I mean, for me, I was, it was so isolating. I felt like, what did I do wrong? I could have, maybe I could have done this differently. And I can't imagine I've gone, like, gone through that without telling anyone. So uh -huh. it just was really important for me to share my story and feel like, you know, we're all in this together. It happens like one in four pregnancies end up in miscarriage, which is such an insane number. You know, that's right. a lot of miscarriages out there that everyone goes through without talking about it. So let's just, again, talk going back to social media, we only put the things out there that we want the world to know and like make it seem like we have these perfect lives and everything's filtered and photoshopped and looks perfect. And I was like, you know, I just can't live my life like that. I have to be real and put this out there and hope that, uh, again, not for anyone to feel bad because I knew I would get through it, but just for other women to know, like, it's okay to talk about these things. Right. And I think it's so important, like what you said initially, you said that you didn't tell anyone or didn't know anyone who had mis had, a mis had experienced miscarriage before, but at the same time, 
the number, the amount of women, like you said, one in four women have experienced the miscarriage. So it's really likely that you actually do know many people who have experienced the miscarriage, but because we don't talk about it and because there's a lot of shame or um, just sadness, you know, associated, like it's difficult to talk about things that make us sad and, and difficult feelings, right? And so the best thing I feel like that you could have done is share your experience so so many people can, you know, feel connected. I feel like I'm a huge believer that our ability to be vulnerable is the thing that connects us the most. And and that's what makes us all feel connected and human. So I think that's really amazing that you were brave enough to share. And I know you're happy now um, that you did because you got such a positive outcry of people who are so grateful to hear your story. Um, so that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm appreciative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now you're, um, you're expecting again, which is amazing. And so how has this pregnancy changed the way you view your body? I mean, even prior to this pregnancy with the the ectopic and dealing with the miscarriages, I, I'm so in awe of the female body and how it just adapts and takes care of itself. And, you know, I can't even believe, I mean, I wasn't able to work out or do anything with that ectopic. So it was crazy just to see and be in my body and have it recover from this catastrophic thing that happened to me. And then to now be, I'm over four months pregnant and to just see the changes and feel the changes in my body. It's it's so wild and I'm in such awe and I'm like so amazed at the female body and what it can do. And it's, I mean, I also feel like maybe it's because you only recognize it when you are pregnant, but how difficult it is to be pregnant. You know, oh women goodness. don't talk about it. The first trimester was so difficult for me. And I consider myself a pretty strong person, like like strong-willed and all of that. I could barely get out of bed. And I'm like, why don't women talk about how hard this is? Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. so difficult. I did not feel like myself. I was sick. I was miserable. I was tired. I was debilitatingly tired. Yeah. But I didn't know how bad it was until I talked to some of my girlfriends that have kids like, oh, yeah, it's the worst. I'm like, why don't you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> You know, that is really, that's a really good point. I don't think anyone in my life felt like that. I complained quite a bit about being pregnant. I was like, I cannot do anything. I can't do, I almost to the point where I felt bad about not being able to do anything with my, my second two. Um, cause I had a little tiny boy running around who was like, mommy, what are we doing? And I'm like, <laughs> We're Nothing. Not yeah. We're gonna sit here. You can jump on me. I'll lay on the ground and crawl on me, and that's all I got for you right. today. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, it was. It's it's it is challenging, and I. It's so funny because I always tell everybody who is considering having having a kid. I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. It's so exciting. Yeah, have another kid. Unless you don't want to have another kid, don't have another right. kid because it's going to be rough, right. You know? Right. <laughs> like I'm like the biggest advocate in any either direction you want to go. Oh, you're on the fence. Well, what is your concern? Because yeah, it's gonna it's gonna suck a lot of times. So it's gonna be hard and it's challenging. Um, but it's rewarding at the same time. And you don't want to have any kids. Okay, great. 
Don't then. do it. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Enjoy your freedom in your life and move however you want to move. You know, it's so funny, but we should. We should talk about all of the experience. All of it. Because it's like um, I wanted this so and- bad. Of course, I wanted to have a baby and be pregnant. And I'm so grateful to be at this point. Now I'm in the second trimester. I'm feeling great. But prior to that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea it would be this <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yeah. And so you're fortunate. I feel like some people just never recover from being pregnant until after they're no longer. Right, right. Yeah, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. We're on the up and up here. So let's keep it that way. (laughs) You're on the up and up. Um, You know what? It's all like, since we're having these moments of honesty, just hang on. So you get to like that last couple months and then you might slow down just a little bit. We'll just throw I that have out heard there. that. We'll yes, some of my girlfriends who are being actually honest with me told me, yes, it's great. The second <laughs> trimester, end of the third trimester is awful. <laughs> yeah, when you when that baby gets bigger in there and they're really smashing your little insides around, I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah, enjoy this while you can. Yes, it's good. Um. Okay. I feel like that could have gone way left. I don't know. Sometimes I can get a little aggressive <laughs> with my, they're not, the baby's not smashing here. And it's just <laughs> cuddly and snuggly in there, and, you know, like a little watermelon or something. <laughs> okay. So what does working out look like for you now? Your workout regimen? Cause I know you, for, for WWE, you guys are training constantly, right? So did you get, do you get to take a little break now? Yeah. So I've always been sort of a very physical person. I love to work out. I've been working out since I was a kid. Like my parents, oh, my dad was a boxer. My mom was always working out. So I just grew up around it. I just feel like it's part of my everyday routine, which I'm so grateful for that that's kind of how they raised me, right? So they instilled that in me at a very young age. But um, the first few weeks, I definitely, like once I knew I was pregnant, it was difficult to get in the gym. But uh, I've been really consistent with taking, it's called solid core. It's like Pilates, but on crack, basically is how they explain uh-huh. it. Um, uh-huh. And I do that about four or five times a week. And then I try to do at least one yoga class a week. So I've been very active because I'm not working right now. I'm not on the road traveling with WWE. Obviously, I can't be doing that. So I feel like my job, <clears throat> excuse me, is to try to stay as healthy and physical as I can to make sure that I have a healthy pregnancy and make sure everything goes as smoothly as it can. Obviously, I can only control so much, but trying to stay active. Yeah, I that's you're making a really good point. How does that feel like mentally? What are some of the mental benefits that you get from maintaining your physical health? Yeah, it just makes me feel it's this it's for me, it is all mental. I feel like, yes, the physical part is great and being able to, you know, get sort of like the endorphins going and things like that. But if I get my workout in that day, I feel accomplished. I feel good. And I feel like it's my job as a mother uh, to this baby to be provide the best, you know, body that it can be growing in. Right. And while I do want to you know, I have to be honest, I don't feel great all the time and feel like I'm doing my best all the time. But all we can do is try our best. And I feel like if I'm working out, if I'm in the gym, if I'm stretching, um, I feel like I'm, you know, on the right path. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like we've talked about so many things. Um, you are, have you imagined life yet? Like, what is it going to be like to be a mom of four? And a WWE superstar, like, what does that even look like? 
for you? Such a good question. In in a perfect <laughs> world, it's great. I'm traveling. I'm working. I'm living my best life. I have the best kids, and just you know. But realistically, I I don't know, and that's why. I've kind of come to this point now where I'm like, okay, not knowing. I'm usually such a planner and I have to have things a certain way. This is how it's going to be. And what I want is it has to be done yesterday. But I Uh feel like I'm just focusing on what's in front of me right now. And that is having a baby and having a healthy baby and being the best mom I can be. And after the baby's here, I'll figure out, okay, it, it is it, does it fit in to be able to go back to work and travel and take this baby on the road with me? And, and in an ideal world, yes, I would love that. I'd love to be able to go back to work and show my my stepkids and my baby like you can you can have it all if you work hard at it. Um, it's going to be difficult, but I just don't know. I don't know, and I'm okay with not knowing. And I don't know what the future holds, but I'm just really looking forward to being a mom. Wow. I I feel like you've been practicing that. Have you been practice, practicing that answer? No, I mean, because that's I just, like I mean, so- that's the first time I really feel like I'm kind of like admitting that, which sounds bad. I'm not like I'm not going back to wrestling. Of course, I would love to go back no, to wrestling and that's the plan. But um, yeah, you have to be realistic. It's, I, I should say that because you're you're on the right path um, in terms of just being open you know, like, like we talked about earlier, the expectations and managing the expectations that you have for yourself, like, let see how you feel and go from there. You try to make plans and your body's telling you something different or your mate and your baby's telling you something different. Like then you're going to be disappointed, right? right? When those plans fall through, but going in with an open mind and like, I'm taking things as they come is, you know, it's just the best way to move with that freely with that without being disappointed and because I'm like you I've had to learn that lesson over time as well right like some things you can't really plan um they just have to you just have to let them happen and as long as you know that you're going to be um adjusting and adapting to whatever is to come and that's that's the commitment is just like you said of course it's going to be hard but just making whatever adjusting adjustments and adapting is going to be your 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 way through all of that yeah so that's really cool I love that for you (laughs) okay I feel like you talked about a ton of stuff last question have you got any really good advice from some of your I know there are a lot of there are some other moms that are WWE superstars and wrestling right now has anyone given you any any notable advice yeah um I spoke with Becky Lynch she's a pretty big deal in the WWE she Mm -hmm. um you know she was like the first one I feel like of all the women as of like this recent class of us to leave and have a baby and come back and you know she just kind of told me like just enjoy it just be in it just enjoy it and I think it's it's difficult because with our our lifestyle we're on the road we're always on the go we're always worrying about the next thing and worrying about okay like what is what is my next match going to look like what is my next storyline going to look like and it's hard to go from that to I'm now at home I'm not doing that anymore I'm just kind of in it and I'm being pregnant and I'm focusing on that and um, you know, she just said to just enjoy it because it goes by so fast. So I'm just trying to, you know, embrace every day and take it as it comes and enjoy this time that I do have away from the hustle and the bustle of things and just kind of, you know, live life. 
great. I feel like that's a that's a great note to end things <laughs> on. Um, okay, so wait, before you go, because we all want to follow you and keep, you know, stay updated and to everything. And we want we're we're by the time this airs, we're gonna know the yes. gender. <laughs> but where can we follow you? whether we want to hate or yeah. be supportive. I embrace it all. Whether you want to hate me, love me, or love to hate me, I will take it all, honey. <laughs> my Instagram is Carmella, WWE. That's my handle for everything. And then on TikTok, I don't even know. I'm bad with the TikTok. It's like something like Leah Van Dale or something. I don't know. But just go on my Instagram. You'll find my TikTok. <laughs> okay. Well, we can't wait to follow you along this journey and congratulations to you. I'm I'm very excited for everything that you have to come. It's going to be great and I can't wait to follow along. Thank you so much. It was so great chatting with you. I really loved this. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Relationship Chronicles. Until next time, stay open, stay vulnerable, and I'll see you soon. If you want to have meaningful conversations at home with your family and friends, check out my conversation card game, Do Tell. It's a card game designed to inspire connection and growth, and you can find it at dotellcardgame.com. For more, make sure you subscribe to the show and don't forget to rate and review. Follow us at the Relationship Cron Pod on social media. This podcast is produced by Gotham Production Studios.